0: A warm welcome to The Legal Splash. I'm Becky Rickard small from New Wave Law Solicitors and today I'm going to be discussing the importance of appointing guardians in your will, together with my colleague Sophie Baker. Hello Sophie! Hello!
1: I'm really pleased we're talking about this today as despite it being a very sensitive legal issue, it's, it's something I've been putting off for ages and, you know, it's been hanging over me and my husband and I've just been avoiding it like cleaning the fridge, basically. <laughs> You're so organised. Why are you putting it oh. off? Because it's really tricky, isn't it? You know, you don't want to think about dying and the scenario of leaving your kids orphaned. Um, it all feels very morbid. Um, it's a bit like planning a funeral or something. You know, it also, it, it might be a really sensitive decision. Do you pick... Uh, friends over family and will family be offended and then that creates fallout before you've even passed you know therefore it's just I know it's not sensible but it's easier to avoid and put off Um, but I know that's not what you're going to tell me to do today so (laughs) without any further ado Becky can you start us off and, and clarify why we need to appoint legal guardians for our children in our will
0: By appointing legal guardians in our will, it means that your children will go where you want them to go, effectively, when you die. Um, Otherwise, the alternative is your children may be living or looked after on your death by perhaps people you wouldn't ordinarily
1: have chosen. Okay, not ideal then. Um, And if that awful scenario happened, who would have made the decision on where they will go?
0: So if no family member or friend voluntarily comes forward, and let's say you haven't appointed somebody in your will, mm-hmm.
1: um, then ultimately it will come down to the court to decide where your children go. Okay, so nightmare scenario, essentially. Mm. You know, you've you've passed, your children are bereft, and there could be some squabble going on or the court, strangers deciding where their best place yeah, okay. to be avoided. Okay, th- therefore, it's critical. Um, now, traditionally godparents were often appointed as guardians but i know this might be less common now am i right in thinking godparents have no legal responsibility absolutely godparents have
0: no legal responsibility is a religious decision okay um whereas guardians are legally appointed okay
1: right so you may well choose godparents but that's got nothing to do with the fact that they are godparents that's That's Um, So what if you're no longer with the child or children's mother or father? I guess you're going to need to agree on guardians together. In an ideal world, it would be
0: wonderful if you could agree on guardians together. However, um, without going into the realms of family law, it may be that you don't get on with Mm. the parents any longer. And Mm. therefore it's personal and you don't um, discuss that together to put that in the will. Okay,
1: so that's, yeah, a m- much more of a complex issue for a family lawyer to sort out. Yes. Okay. So I guess the process would be um, we, as a couple, start by discussing a list of family and close friends, maybe weigh up the pros and cons of the children going to either of those, and then, you know, finish up with a short list, right? That would be great. I
0: mean, ideally, uh, it's always a tricky one, isn't it? It's, um, you know, I'm dealing with sort of families over 20 years now, mm. uh, and, and Listening to them reach their decision on who they're appointing as their guardians, uh, you know, some go for keeping the child close to their family home or mm-hmm. you know, keeping them in the same school. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not uncommon for people to appoint guardians who are actually quite far away. Okay, um, and it comes down to the simple answer: is they'll say, well, they're going to be looked after and they're going to be loved, and actually, right. that's what we want to happen. Right. So ultimately respect everybody's
1: decisions you know for how they've weighed up and reached the decision of who they're appointing yeah yeah okay so tied in with that should we take the children's views into account and then ultimately tell them who you decide to appoint yeah well this is a good question
0: because i actually had this conversation with my children fairly recently um, and uh, we we actually walked through who their godparents were and, and right. which godparents they would want to go and live with if something happened. to, to me and my husband, mm-hmm. um, and we determined one lived in Lake Como, one lives in Australia, and the other <laughs> the children summed up was too strict to go and live with.
1: I so i uh, picking the Lake Como one personally. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: so. Uh, but actually, to, to answer seriously, taking the children's views into account—that I mean—that depends on the maturity of your children. Mm. I mean, obviously, I've been doing this job for a long time, so I'm either preparing people for death, or I'm sadly dealing with families when they've lost a loved one. Right. So it's it's not uncommon to have conversations in our household about about death, um, and ultimately, it is a reality. So uh,
1: I think that's a personal decision for you to take on board with maturity mm-hmm. of your children, mm-hmm. and everyone knows their own children best and what they can. What they feel able to process and so on right okay so i mean is there a legal requirement for children to be kept within the same household no no legal
0: requirement for children to be kept within the same household i mean a common one we get is for um that there's a a wish for children to remain in their family home But Mm -hmm. again that's a conversation to have with the guardians as to whether they're they're prepared to uproot and
1: to move into your family yes yeah that's a huge decision okay and that leads me on to thinking, you know, it's obviously best to ask the guardians before appointing them, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, how would you feel if you suddenly found out you've
1: just lost a really good
0: friend mm-hmm. and suddenly find mm-hmm. out you've been left with an extra, four children? Absolutely,
1: an extra three children,
0: yeah. Uh, so you're probably wise to ask them. Yeah? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and what about making your decision a bit more public? You know, like telling other members of your family? I mean, I suppose that would especially... Be the case if you selected friends as your guardians of as guardians of your children should I say and you haven't chosen family you know would you advise that it's 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 kind of discussed out in the open yeah I feel then there's no hidden surprises but again it's a
0: personal choice. I mean mm-hmm. I think if I'd appointed friends I think my family would want to know why I hadn't appointed them. Yes. um So it's I always think it's good to have those conversations and be prepared so yeah. everybody
1: knows where they stand and what's happening. Sure. I mean, and as as part of that, it may well be, you know, there's no getting away for it. Our parents, we're all getting older. And it may well be that you haven't chosen your parents because they'd be too old to look after the children and so on and so forth. So, yeah, okay. Um, So um, how about, you know, I mean, would you advise appointing one guardian per child or a couple per child? Or is, is there a piece of advice you'd give there? Yeah, I think
0: when you appoint a couple, which many people do, I think you've got to weigh up whether, if something happened to one of that couple or mm. they broke up, for example, would the survivor or um, actually want to take on that role as mm. an individual? Mm. Um, I'm just trying to sort of think about it in practical terms mm. that you know, perhaps one of that couple wouldn't want to take on that role. Mm. So, mm. I would probably advise to go for an individual um and obviously it is sometimes can be ultimately a couple you are then appointing yes uh, but i think that needs some considerable thought okay because as i said just to repeat again if they break up or one of them's died that's quite a big responsibility that makes for a lot of sense sole person to take on
1: yeah okay thanks becky So, what financial provision needs to be made for the children? So,
0: you need to appoint trustees of your will, and it will be the trustees that will manage
1: your finances
0: in order to make provision for your children.
1: Okay, so should you appoint uh, the guardian or guardians as the trustees of any trust, or should it be a different person? And can they can they be an executor of your will? Right, so executors
0: and trustees, they are the same person, probably but they wear different hats for different scenarios. So you could have your executor hat on, for example, if you're organizing a funeral um, and you'd have your trustee hat on for exactly the circumstance when you're managing funds for a child under the age of 18. Um, to go back to your original question, could you mm. have the same person appointed? Uh, some people like to have um, a level of segregation, mm. some independence. So you wish to have a different person appointed as the guardian. Um, to the person that's appointed as a trustee, mm-hmm. again, it's down to personal choice.
1: Okay, okay. Now, can you stipulate that you want certain things for your child? You know, such as attendance at a certain school or where they need to live and so on. Yeah, um, I think it's hugely advisable to
0: have a letter of wishes to sit alongside oh, the wills, right. um, and as much information in that letter of wishes that you can give. As possible, so yes, common ones are you know, to for the child to stay at the school they're currently attending. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps you know, you want them to go on to higher education. Uh, all these things can be put into um, a letter of wishes to mm-hmm. give the guardian as much um, information and guidance as
1: possible. Okay, so in that letter of wishes, could you include other requests that are a little more spurious and subjective, you know, such as you? want the children to be raised with the love of the outdoors or to have plenty of exercise in their life or, you know, to be introduced to the music and arts and so on?
0: Yeah, this is a really um, good question because actually children's lives change change quite quickly in terms of you know, their hobbies that they do and the sports that they undertake. And actually it can change as quickly as like a year on. Um, But I think, yeah, I mean, as as I said, going back to, you know, without sounding repetitive, as much information as you can put in about their about their their love of certain sports, hobbies, music, mm. arts, everything you've said, mm. um, even down to sort of what type of child you have, what type of emotions sure. have they got? You know, how how best should you interact with them if mm. you have now suddenly, you know, having to deal with this child who's not only bereft um, from losing a parent, but, mm. you know, having to raise them, um, yeah how do they
1: respond to situations yeah
0: yeah i think just um you know to to get to know that child and hopefully you've chosen a guardian that knows your child really well
1: anyway right but
0: i think until you live with a child and children change all the time Mm -hmm. as we know Mm -hmm. but um
1: the more information the better okay got you okay so um finally you know what's the situation if, if following your passing um nightmare scenario a guardian changes their mind because their circumstances change um for example and you know they can or they can't uh they can no longer carry out your wishes what what does the law say there well it comes
0: back to what we originally said that somebody else would then make that decision for okay. you yeah um so the best advice is, is to not only appoint a guardian in the will, but then to have a backup right. guardian appointed. I mean, I know people say we well, can go on and on, but I reckon two to three appointed guardians in the will. If, for example, the first appointed guardian no longer uh, is no longer alive or is unable or unwilling to mm. act,
1: then you have got provision in the will. OK, that makes a lot of sense.
0: I hope I've covered off the most important things to to consider when thinking about appointing legal guardians for your children, the best advice I can give and to keep it short is to go and get legal advice and get your will done properly. Um, And if you have got children under the age of 18, then appoint guardians in Mm -hmm. your will. And if you are being properly advised, obviously you'll be prompted on this. Mm. and Provide as much information to the guardians as possible. Um, And we're talking earlier about the letter of wishes, which although isn't legally binding, it does act as a very good supporting document that sits alongside your will um, to provide the information to your guardians and give them some good guidance. Uh, A will is always something that everyone puts to the bottom of the to-do list number of reasons maybe it's morbid nobody wants to think they're going to die and uh, maybe it's the expense Um, but my best advice is to um, get it sorted and tick it off your list if you'd like any more information on appointing guardians or drafting your will or would like to discuss your own circumstances then do please get in touch with us at new wave law
1: solicitors and if you've enjoyed listening to us then don't forget to subscribe to our podcast if you'd like to hear more from The Legal Splash, and to make sure you don't miss an episode. You could always give us a rating too and leave us a review, which would be fantastic. So
0: until next time, thanks for listening. From me, Becky Ricard-Small.
1: And from me, Sophie. Bye -bye. Bye Bye.